Are you trying to start a podcast but are struggling with the process? Well, you're in the right place now. Contact one of us at Across the Board Sports and we can help you get started through Anchor. We're looking for more podcasters and the best place to do your show is on Anchor. It is the easiest way to distribute your podcast on all major platforms and it's the most user-friendly website. Contact us and let's begin. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Across the Cavs. As always, I'm your host, Zach Weiss, giving you the latest scoop on Cavaliers Nation. Quick shout-out, happy birthday, 20 years old, Darius Garland, freshman guard from Vanderbilt, a rookie, rather, technically an NBA freshman. He's been shooting the ball very well, dishing and swishing, as Walt Frazier likes to say, whenever the Cavs get together with the Knicks, he's looking fantastic. And he's only getting better still. Again, he just turned 20. He is just beginning to blossom. Happy birthday, Darius. Can't wait to see where you are a year from now on birthday 21. For today, keeping it simple with a mailbag segment. The Cavs have seen better days, of course, dropping their seventh game in a row last night. They lost to the Chicago Bulls. They fell to 12-34. and 34. Always things to be positive about, as I'll allude to with some of the questions I'll be answering today. Starting off, first question. Because this draft is not so highly rated, would it be likely the Cavs use their draft pick this year to acquire a player or facilitate a trade? You know, I don't think that's the case. And to be honest, considering the fact that the Cavaliers are likely, we'll we'll allude to this, another question, the Cavs are likely to move on from Kevin Love and or Tristan Thompson. Again, it's for another question coming up. I don't think... You trade the pick. I think you keep it. You see where it lands. Maybe if it lands number one, you can use, you can trade down to get two first-round picks for this year. Nevertheless, you got Onyeka Okongwu from USC. You got James Wiseman from Memphis. Yes, he only played three games. But remember, Darius Garland played five games in college. Kyrie Irving only played nine. The Cavs have not held back drafting high on players that had limited college experience. And the third big in the draft got an OB Toppin, potentially, a guy from New Orleans. You know, there's option Vernon Carey from Duke. There's some good bigs. You got Nico Mannion as well. You got Precious Achiua over in Memphis. Nevertheless, I really personally would like a James Wiseman type. And there's a lot of talent in this draft, actually. And if they really choose to, they don't need a big. I think they should draft a big. Maybe get an Anthony Edwards who can become the starting forward of the future. Although you got Darius, you got Colin, you got KPJ. You'll have the 23-year-old Windler next season. You got Jetty Osman. Maybe they'll sign a wing. I wouldn't draft a wing in the lottery. Personally, I think they got to go big and take a big man. You know, nevertheless, I do think the pick should be held on to. No reason to trade the pick. And unless there's a team that is willing to give you a superstar not who is under the age of 30 that can take the Cavs to the next level immediately. You hold on to this pick and see what you can get with it. And there are better players than believed in this draft. I mean, honestly, if the Cavs are, want to be daring, they could even draft LaMelo Ball with wherever they are if he's still on the board. But I'd rather, I'd personally prefer the Cavs to take a big man and go from there. Don't trade the pick. Question two. Tristan Thompson has to be a highly regarded piece at the deadline. 
How hard will it be to let him go for Cavs fans that have watched him grow into a man if he has moved? That's a great question. This is from Chandler Adams, the man, the myth, the legend behind Across the Board. So big shout out first off to Chandler. Thank you. And second, to answer the question, you know, it, it would be very hard to see Tristan go. Man has been a fixture of the Cavs since 2011. And talking with John Michael last week, he... He's been around the Cavs as long as Tristan. His first season broadcasting for the Cavaliers was Tristan's first season with the Cavaliers. He's been around as long as Kyrie. They came into the league together just three picks apart. He had his first ever 30-point game a few weeks ago in the win over Detroit. He's been a fantastic rebounder. He's averaging a double-double this season. He's finally becoming a shot blocker. He's changed shooting hands. Was part of a title. He's played. He started at power forward. He started at center. He's been the backup four. He's been the backup five. He's really done it all in Cleveland. Six nine big man. Even on nights where the shots not going, continues to impact the game in a big way with his ability to rebound. I personally thought they should trade him coming into the season. No doubt about it. Opinion kind of changed a little bit throughout the way he started the year. Almost made me eat my words in the fact that Tristan was beasting other bigs. He gave Andre Drummond and Nikola Jokic the business despite giving up about 40 pounds, a couple inches in each matchup. He's had some big games this year. Did struggle a little bit against Luke Cornett and Cristiano Felicio last night, which was not great. Then again, the Cavs as a team just struggled to make things happen, so that's that. But it would be very hard to see Tristan go. But I think if the right offer is there, you do move him. I love Tristan, and I know a lot of Cavs fans share that sentiment. But again, the right move is there. You send him off, and you get back some good pieces. Chance to get a high draft pick, maybe a Dante Exum type that can score more. And there's plenty of guys around the league making Tristan type of money, 16 to $19 million, that some might believe don't deserve the contract they have. Maybe they could move him and do that. And if they were really daring, I don't think this is the right move. Could bring back a Bismack Biombo, who's still young type to fill the center role the rest of the year. If you send Tristan to Charlotte, he'd be a good... They have a Cody Zeller that basically does what Tristan does, but he would make them better immediately still. Or even Jan Mahimi in D.C. Again, not a fantastic center, but a rim protector and a true big man that can actually post, is a good passer, and when he's healthy, is solid. I think the Cavs would get a lot more than that, but just an option, maybe a Bismack and a first-round pick if Charlotte was so willing because they can get Tristan and sign him immediately. I mean, who wouldn't want to go play with the young guards of Rogier and Graham? And Tristan would be a good fit there, but we'll see. It will be very hard to see him go, but if he's gone, he's gone. Question three. Do you think the Cavs make a move before the deadline? And if so, will it be a wing or a big man coming back? So I think the Cavs have a few trade chips there. They got Kevin Love as a possible one, Brandon Knight, John Henson, and of course, Tristan Thompson. I think Kevin Love is likely going to be traded. It's not definitive, but I think it is likely. I also think Tristan will... It's hard to say. I think Tristan will stay. I don't think they're going to move Tristan yet. They maybe could do, if they must, a sign and trade this summer. Tristan has made it clear he'd like to stay, although if you can get something great, go right ahead and do it. For Brandon Knight, maybe you can get another expiring contract or maybe... A team that needs a veteran guard for John Henson. You might be able to get a pick, whether it be first or second round and an expiring contract. Henson's been great. I don't think they're trading Delhi. No reason to give him up. He's been a great locker room presence and has done some good things. 
keep him around. I think that's really it as far as Cavs trade chips go. They got a lot of great young players here. They're going to have Windler back next year. And if you can trade Zizic, I would say go ahead and do it. And Jetty's under contract. Darius and Colin, both definitely untouchable. Uh, well, Dante Exum likely going to remain a Cavalier beyond this season. Although he hasn't had great production outside of that 28-point dominant performance against Minnesota. I think the Cavs should likely bring back both a big and a wing. I think if you trade Love, you can slot Larry Nanton as a starter, but I think you do need to get another big man in there. Same with Henson. And nevertheless, should get back some kind of wing. Small forward position has been thin with KPJ out with only Osman and McKinney available. So maybe you want to add some depth to that position. Question four. What can be done to get this team to the next level? At least, or at least competing for a playoff spot. Is the answer to be patient, or are the pieces just not there? So, during the Cavs' first rebuild, LeBron James leaves year one. It's a disaster. Cavs went 17 and 65, or excuse me, they went 19 and 63. A lot of losses. It was a fight on the last day of the season. Ryan Hollins, and uh, I think it was a player from the Wizards, got into it after the game. It was a lost year. And Anton Jameson getting big minutes. Remember the likes of Manny Harris, Samardo Samuels, Luke Harringody, Alonzo G broke out. Lester Hudson, Jeremy Pargo. Nevertheless, it was not a good year that first season under Byron Scott. Second year, not too much better. They won 21 games, 21 and 61. Third year, they won, I believe, they went 23 and 59 or 27 and 55. Nevertheless, not a big jump. But then in year four without James... Irving was established. Dion started to establish himself, too. It wasn't a great year for Bennett, but Tristan was playing good ball. Lonzo G was looking solid. They actually had a Luol Dang and Spencer Hawes midseason. They won 33 games. Also had Jarrett Jack, Tyler Zeller. They won 33 that year. That was the fourth year with him gone. This time, the Cavs went 19-63 and 63 in year one with... James gone. Actually, one of those years was, I believe, the lockout shortened season where the Cavs play without James. So not so the record was a little different. I have to look back at that. Nevertheless, we look and year two, they're currently 12 and 34 on pace for barely over 20 wins. They were four and five, which isn't a great nine-game start, but it was for this Cavs team that was supposed to finish near the bottom. I think we can be patient for another year. Considering it took four years to become a 30-win team without LeBron last time. Obviously, the Cavs not on pace to win 30. They probably won't this season. I think you can be patient this year. You can be patient next year. But if we get to this time next season and the Cavs don't have at least 20 wins, and they're not close-ish to 500, I think then you start to panic. Because then you've had, you have had Sexton for two and a half years. Garland will be in his second season. Austin will be in his fourth and for the result, KP will be in his second year. They'll have Windler playing minutes. Larry Nance will have been around for three years. And then you start to panic and say, okay, we're not winning. What can we do? So I think keep Garland, obviously, in Sexton. You keep Jetty. You keep your young core. You figure it out with Love and Tristan. Be patient for now. But again, a year from now, if the picture on the wall is not one that Cavs ownership likes to see, if they look in the mirror and they're disgusted by the reflection of what the organization's looking like, make some moves. Blow it up. Start again. 
But it's going to depend on the draft and this offseason where we are a year from now. So again, they're 12-34 and 34 now. They've lost seven straight. They've had several losing streaks similar to this one on the year. And some of these recent losses against poor teams. But again, a year from now, we'll know how the Cavs should be. I mean, there's still some moving pieces here. Colin went from point guard to shooting guard. Garland's still in his first NBA season. Jetty Osman, second year as a starter. We'll see how it all goes down. Next question. Coming off the loss to the Bulls, what is the plan to address the defensive and turnover issues going forward? Yes, the Cavaliers have had some major turnover woes during the seven-game skid against the Lakers, Clippers, Grizzlies, Bulls, Knicks, Wizards, and Bulls again. Things have not gone great for them. Not playing tremendous defense. Had plenty of struggle in there. And they're just not taking care of the ball. Second halves have been abysmal. They have some close losses. The first loss to the Bulls by two. The Grizzlies lost by four. Never really in it against the Wizards. They were beaten from the opening tip in their game against the Knicks. They never really came out strong and played well. The road trip started strong with wins over Detroit and Denver. They didn't win again. They lost the next four games away from the Rock, and it's not pretty. Cavs had a homestand earlier this year in which they went 1-4, and four, winning the first game and dropping the next four against the likes of the Magic. The Buc- well, the Bucks, the Bucks they played well, and then they lost by 30-plus to Detroit. So there is a lot of worry right now in Cleveland, and I, the defense, you just have to put effort forth. In the fourth quarter, the Cavs came out. Nance and Henson are both doing a great job forcing turnovers on the defensive end, protecting the rim. They were doing a good job of switching when Exum was in. A lot of times, Kevin Love, because he's not the most physical player, he can rebound with them. He can bang with guys on offense, on defense. Not much of a shot blocker. Sexton and Garland, no one seems to help them out when they get beat. That has to be addressed. The defense was a lot better when Kevin Porter Jr., was in the game. There's no doubt about that. So I just think it's effort. And when it comes to turnovers, just be smart. Don't make too many passes. Shoot when you're open. And again, don't overdo it. Too many times Darius or Colin have a shot, but they want to make the extra pass and be unselfish. And so they give the ball away. Don't do that. Be smart. Be poised with it. And for Delhi, I love watching him play. He always finds open teammates, but just be smart. If you have a shot, take it. Don't always try to be fancy with your passing. Just make the play. Next question. Is Coach Beelon in over his head? Or is he going to be okay for the long term? Well, good question. We look back at some teams that had some colossal struggles and under new head coaches in their first year who never made it to year two in the NBA. Two come to mind right now for me. You go back to Charlotte when they hired former St. John's assistant Mike Dunlap. And they went 19-63. and 63. They canned him after one year. He hadn't had any prior NBA experience. They didn't renew him. And then, another example, Phoenix Suns last year. Igor Kokoskov. Didn't win much with the Suns. What, 19, 20 wins in his first year with D-Book and DeAndre Ayton. In addition to Kelly Oubre, they had T.J. Warren, who wasn't healthy but was solid. They had pieces. They didn't have a good point guard at all. I mean, they had pieces, and they just lost, lost, lost. And he was can't. 
And we look at the teams now. Well, the Suns now playing better because they got a great hire in Monty Williams. And Charlotte really didn't turn it around right away. Steve Clifford would become the head coach and get them to the playoffs a couple times while he was there with his defensive philosophy. I mean, it depends on John Coach Beeline. Not too many college coaches succeed in both college and the NBA. Rick Pitino was horrendous in Boston. Brad Stevens, though, has been sensational also in Boston. I mean, you got a young, young head coach in Ryan Saunders who's been good and bad in Minnesota. Billy Donovan has... For what it's worth, a lot of people thought that he was not a great coach because he didn't get the most out of KD and Russ's years together. Look at what they're doing this year. I mean, yeah, they got some great vets and good pieces, but Billy Donovan's making it, making it happen. He's had to make some key decisions with the rotation that have all worked. Coach Beeline was in college for a long time. He had the thugs and slugs thing. I mean, you had an article come out a month and a half ago saying that you, it's immature to name plays after wild animals like elephant and polar bear, his offensive sets. I think that's silly. Slugs versus thugs, that's really not a big deal. I mean, so he likes bone slugs in harmony. So what? He made a, made a mistake. It happens. Slip of the tongue. It's not a, I mean, in a certain instance, use it, word choice would matter more, but this was nothing. It was overblown by, by Woj. Really shouldn't have even been a headline. On a team that's losing a ton of games, why do you need to make a coach's verbal mistake into a story? They really didn't need that in the media, especially after the Kevin Love incident, too. It's not, I think Coach Beeline, and give him till the end of next year. David Blatt got fired in year two with the Cavs. Byron Scott made it three years before getting canned. Mike Brown got fired after one year because they thought he could bring LeBron back. I thought that was a terrible decision considering, I mean, they won the title with Ty Lube in year two of LeBron's return. No reason to fire Mike Brown. Braun was here with him before. Uh, he came back, yes, but the coach had nothing to do with it. Uh, I did like David Blatt. He wasn't even hired for that. So the fact was, you hired Mike Brown. You fired Mike Brown to hire David Blatt, who had no NBA experience either. He had a great record, but still got canned. His, his blatitude, clearly not what was wanted in Cleveland. But then you, bring, you brought him in to coach a rebuild, a continued rebuild. And then all of a sudden, LeBron comes in. So it is what it is. I think give Coach Beeline some time. Coaches have struggled to adjust. But if you're only going to give him one year... Forget about it. No coach can thrive under that pressure. Give him the five-year deal. Give him at least one more, two more seasons to figure it out. The Cavs have struggled now for seven consecutive seasons with James not in the lands. Before he was gone, these two and the year before, leading them to the number one pick. Give him time. He'll, he'll be fine. Regardless of all the losing, what are some positives we can take away from this season so far? Well... There are quite a few. Colin Sexton's averaging 19 points a game. He's averaging one offensive rebound a contest. Been in the right place at the right time. He starts to figure out his three-point stroke. He's getting to the line four times a night. He's done a better job drawing contact this year. We have Darius Garland averaging 12 points. His assist number's now near four. Field goal percentage was in the low 30s for most of the year. Now it's around 40s and 87% free throw shooter. Tristan Thompson averaging career best 10 rebounds a night, a double-double. Kevin Love averaging 17 and 10. The fact that he's only had to miss seven games after hardly being healthy last year is a great sign. You know, Larry Nance Jr. averaging seven rebounds off the bench is a positive. 
You miss Jordan Clarkson and his scoring ability, no doubt. But you have Dante Exum coming. He's averaging about six points, two, two rebounds, two assists for the Cavs. You have Alfonso McKinney. He's only averaging four and two, but he's had some nice performances. Jetty Osman's been scoring the ball very well of late. He's shooting 40% from three. Leads the team in deflection. Still has to work on those free throws. Only 66% shooter. But I think Colin and Darius both playing solid ball. Very nice to see. Those are some positives. And the effort hasn't been great. I mean, they've tried. Just so much going wrong this season. Kevin Porter, when he was healthy, for sure, was starting to emerge. Only 29% three-ball shooters, averaging about nine points, four boards, two assists. You can take players off the dribble. And you know, the Cavs are going to be okay. They're going to figure this thing out. Another positive is the rim protection of John Henson. The occasional three-ball that he's able to knock down. You know, it's what it is. It's been a rough year. Those are probably the positives. Another positive is in the broadcasting booth. Very hard. To, uh, the passing of Fred McLeod in September. Suddenly, he was a fixture with the Cavs, as we all know. He did the moment of silence to start the year. He's definitely missed. He's one of the best in the business. And that's very hard to replace in the broadcast booth. And we, we all thought it was going to be really hard to watch Cavs games and Fred not being there. John Michael, give him a lot of credit. That's really hard. He was a radio announcer with the Cavs for nine years. Stepping in as the TV broadcaster in the midst of a tragedy on short notice, barely a month before the season. Him and Austin Carr have not missed a beat. Through all the struggle the Cavs have had, their broadcast team is second to none. It's been exceptional to watch. Great storytellers. Austin's positive energy and contagious laugh. John's ability to just know exactly what to say, exactly when to say it. I just love the vibe they give with one another. And Brad Daugherty also sliding an Angel Gray on the sidelines. It's been a tough year. And for some teams, the announcers, you know, it's the hardest thing. How to stay positive during a losing year. You learn so much watching them. And it's fantastic. It's inspirational. And I'm looking forward to hearing the next 36 games of Austin and J. Mike. Final question. What do you think it would take for the Cavs to be playoff contenders by next season? Whoa, that... This is unlikely to happen, but I think what they need to do is a few different things. Make sure that Darius and Khan can start playing better together. Figure out who your starting small forward's going to be. Jetty's had been playing well this year. He started every single game. Get Kevin Porter right. Help figure out his role officially. Decide if you're going to keep Tristan or Kevin here, who you're going to keep. And make sure you can get something... That can, whether or not you get your starter in exchange for them, or if you get a draft pick or a young piece that can eventually slot in. Make sure you have a solidified starting five that doesn't need changes. Tristan, Colin, Kevin, Darius, and Jetty have all started every game they've played in, with Larry Nance making a few starts, KP making a few starts, and one for Henson McKinney. I mean, the starting five has had great continuity. They haven't had to switch it up too much. No issues with guys having to come off the bench. Just figure that out. Figure out the starting lineup, draft well, and maybe sign one marquee player. It's going to be hard to convince someone to come here to the land. You're building around the backcourt, but if you can get it right, then great. You're 12 and 34. It's hard to think about the playoffs at any point, but it is certainly doable. You know, I would likely like I would like to see the Cavs bring in a veteran big man, maybe someone like 33, 34. 
near the end of their career that can be a mentor for Larry. Larry Nance isn't that young anymore. He's 27. But I want to see a big man come in and mentor whoever they likely draft. Maybe a veteran wing beyond someone with years, more years than McKinney that's been to the finals before. Maybe you can get a Jared Dudley type for a year to come mentor. And why not? You need guys that can come in and preach leadership and winning tendencies. That is what I think will be the most important on top of everything else to get the Cavs into the playoffs by next season. That'll do it for this edition of Across the Cavs. Thank you all for listening. Check us out on Twitter at Across Cavs and on Instagram at Across the Cavs. I'm Zach Weiss. Have a wonderful weekend. And as always, remember to be the fight.